Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, William Roger Foster. Interesting middle name, I know. Jolly Roger. Jolly Roger. And Roger that. <laughs> Roger that. Um, and Liam, the cutback at Saunton King, Morgan. Um, I know other people would have something to say about being cutback kings at Saunton, but for me, for you, I mean, in my interpretation, in my view, it's the best surfing you'd ever done in our company. In my life. And I've had a few years of life, <laughs> which is what we talked about. Yeah. 44 years of life, in fact. 44 good years of life. And in those 44 years of life, it's taken me till my 44th year to complete a cutback. Even though I said I've been surfing for 20 years, pretty much. What is surfing anyway, if it's not riding the energy of a wave? But we talk about the growth mindset bit. Is this being able to progress at any stage you're at in anything you're doing? Surfing, obviously, is what we're talking about here, but can be anything. An age doesn't mean that you are closed out of the progression world. You can be a 40, 50, 60-year-old grom, if you like. I know that annoys some people because they don't like adult beginners because we get in the way. Do, definitely. But, um, hey, you know, everybody starts somewhere. And some people just have the privilege of starting earlier by accident of birth and opportunity and whatever it might be. Do you think that you're enjoying being better at surfing? Yeah. Do you think you're getting more enjoyment? I think flow, we talked loads about flow as well yesterday on the way back from a surf. And there is something as well in sort of surrendering yourself to the conditions in the ocean and, and obviously dialing in some of the mechanical gains that you're putting into practice in, in the real world that you've tried out on land. And we've talked about those techniques that puts you in more of a flow state because there's a heightened sense of enjoyment. And I equate it to anyone that may have tried to learn a language or a musical instrument or anything is when you kind of peek through into the next room that you have been excluded from because you haven't had that time to try those things or practice those things. And then you can do it and you can't do it brilliantly because that's how it works. We're all beginner mindset people, right? That's what we talk about a lot. So to practice and practice and practice, but to have then achieved something that you've been going to try to do for such a long time whether it's a, a cutback, whether it's a floater, whether it's simply standing up, I think that heightens the sense of flow in some way, shape or form through achievement. It's really cool. I think with surfing, it's so unique as a sport for how getting better, whatever better is, yeah. but being able to do more slightly more technical things on a wave yeah. can also go hand in hand with flow is because it's so fucking hard. Yes. <laughs> That's the thing with surfing. Yeah. That puts it into a, a really unique category. You, you're on your own. Only you answering to you. You're in the ocean. It's natural. You're surrounded by water, which is cooling and soothing and wonderful and calming. And, and then to throw into the mixer, when you do even the slightest thing that's a bit more technical on something that's moving, that's liquid, not a solid thing, yeah. totally moving and flowing and blobbing. And you, you're able to kind of find that line between order and chaos and the stoke, the, the, the joy is so much in that you've gone you've gone and like dare I say touched what's the Andy Irons movie Kissed by God yeah. dare I say being kissed by God but something in that realm of that you are you're harnessing the universe within that that moment it's this interesting thing where you think is it like that in other sports in my experience I personally put surfing in a different echelon in that way because it's for me personally it's been so challenging getting better like yeah. so unbelievably challenging and it looks so benign to the person sat on the beach who just goes, oh, look, he's doing 
the wave. Like he's riding, just you know, he's waterboarding, should we say? <laughs> he's he's got you know, and and to the viewer looking at it, they're going, oh. but to do it, to actually do a cutback or to hang five or to to make it back to the pocket and, and hit the lip vertically or whatever it might be and land these things and then carry on and it is such an achievement. So give yourself a huge pat on the back for whatever thing, whatever thing you can do or not do in surfing, you know? Yeah, I, I, for everybody out there. That is the thing to do. I get permission, really, to celebrate achievements. You know, mindful surfing, as we said, it's about the appreciation of where you are now, but it doesn't stop you from having a growth mindset and ambition. But also, it doesn't have to be that we're so super humble, we're human. So when something happens that's good for you or you achieve something, because I'll tell you, you, you will be giving yourself shit for the bad stuff that you think has happened to you. So allow yourself the celebration of achieving something new. And I guess previously I would have been, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to shout about that. I've done something good. Let's just celebrate. Oh, we're all humans. Let's celebrate achievements. And I now Will, Will. I can't shut you up now. Will will not hear the last of this. <laughs> now I'm going to use a Taylor Knox quote as well, because this is a big thing. We put this out pretty early on. And Taylor Knox said, by the way, I'm not putting myself in the great man's shoes. I'd like one of his moustaches at some point. He rocks a great moustache when he grows on. Cracking But he said at 48, his best surfing is still ahead of him. Now, that is actually something you probably can't say about rugby and football and tennis and all of those things. But surfing is unique in that, is that you can also plot your own, whatever that means to you. It's relative. So Taylor Knox's best surfing is ahead of him at 48. Well, his best surfing is very different to mine, yours, whoever's best surfing. But it doesn't mean that you can't have the same mindset. And that really, for me spurs me on even now you know as i say in each of one of those uh, years that sort of takes its toll as we as the clock the clock of life ticks along and it's something that kind of came up it wasn't a deeply spiritual interview we did with sasha from zero ego and we'll, we'll get on to it but something that came up from him was around the, the age thing you know mm. and how you progress as an improver into a certain, in, into whatever age, insert whatever age bracket you need to there. But I think having that growth mindset is to talk about frequently on this show is, is really powerful for that. It's really good. We've talked about this in our social media that a master, I love this quote, master in love. And when making the post, we wanted to talk about being beginner and keeping the beginner mindset. I stumbled upon that quote and just, wow, if you can keep this one in the memory bank, a master is a beginner who kept on beginning. And that is the mindset i think that leads to the most happiness and therefore most success in pretty much every avenue of life because it's a, a humble appreciation that you can always learn something new and you can always evolve and grow no matter how difficult your setbacks have been that you can you can get back up and that you can go again you can fall off that board you can get back up and go again this aspect of never stop stopping trying is the juice to our, you know, spiritual blender. <laughs> I was thinking of an analogy. I was going to go juice to our spiritual vehicle. And I was like, no, no, you don't put juice in a car. I don't put juice in a blender. Well, how about that? You're the diesel fumes of chugging out polluted. <laughs> it's so true. And it's all relative as well, isn't it? I, I kind of come back to this thing of... Somebody said to me, actually, that Saunton will be sick of us. And uh, it's not a secret spot for anybody that's listening overseas. So it's not like we're giving something away. It's, in fact, it's a very public spot. And it's very, very popular. But somebody said to me in the car park the, the week before when I was there without uh, without Will and, and, and uh, said, you know, you're going in. He said, uh, oh, it's, it's been really good. You just come out. But, you know, waves are good. I'm a bit shit, this guy said. And I think, why? 
I can see why people say that, but again, it's comparing to some magical thing that isn't them instead of just really enjoying where they're at and where they've been and, and the level that they're at. You can still have a growth mindset. But the point to connect to on that is, you say this a lot, Will, is that you are not your past. So when people say, I'm a bit shit at that, well, firstly, compared to who and what and by whose standards, I don't know. Because I tell you, you know, that's relative to everyone, pro, amateur, beginner, whatever you want to call them, everything. So it's by whose standards. And also, just because you might have been or you might just be in this place right now, doesn't mean you're not going to be in another place tomorrow or the next year. And that's true of any area of life. You can choose relationships if you want. I'm a bit shit at being a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And that is nothing but the past continuing to live in you now and the future overwhelming what you can actually achieve. Because the only truth is, is that you are who you are now and uh, the past is gone. You will become who you want to be in each moment you're in now. So you can choose the direction of where you really want to go in any given moment. It's an interesting one because I think a lot of the time people kind of ask, you know, should I have goals and should I have dreams and should I want to get better? Should I try and get better? Because I feel so, a lot of people say, oh, I feel so contented. I feel just like, whatever, I'm not, I'm not one of these kind of people that's into that. And that's totally cool. Yikes, bikes were so different. All of us, not everyone has to have goals. Some people are going to just surf. <laughs> and that's wicked. And by the way, bizarrely, paradoxically, that's a goal in itself to just be contented. Yeah, what is your goal in surfing? To just surf. To and, just... What, and what greater goal could there be in that? It's just that you, you and I, and I'm sure you listen to this because this is why you're enjoying our show. You have a, a, a wanting to grow, not just externally, not just in your ability and what you're doing, but internally too. Because the metaphor of getting better at, at, at something like surfing is what you have to do internally as a person to actually get better at that thing. Because really, that's just the kind of outer results. And it actually is a really good quote I want to share just before we come on to the Sasha interview today, which is a Viktor Frankl. Now, Viktor Frankl, to those of you who don't know who he is, has wrote a very, very famous, wonderful book about his experience in the Holocaust. I'm sure you've mm. heard of, mm. of the book, Man's Search for Meaning. Very, very famous book. And one of the quotes Viktor went on to, to talk about, this is later in, in his career, is this. And I'll just read it out. For success, like happiness, cannot be pursued. It must ensue. And it only does so as the unintended side effect of one's personal dedication to a cause greater than, than oneself or as the byproduct of one's surrender to a person other than oneself. So when we aim at wanting to get better at something, okay, that's great. And we must do that. That's kind of how we do goals. But really how we get there no matter what a goal it is, whether it's in the ocean or out of the ocean, how we actually get there is breaking it down into here and now. What can I do in this moment, here and now, to embrace, enjoy, evolve, learn, accept help, and try again if I fall off, and be in that moment? Because if you string enough of those positive moments together, you'll get what you want. Totally. Just how the universe works. That's the thing. Some of that growth, if you're listening to this, you might be growing from a Surf skill, that's com that comes as well, as, as I'm shouting a lot about now. I'm well sick of hearing about my cutbacks. But it could just simply be an internal growth, like a spiritual growth or a health, personal health growth or a mindset growth, all of those things. It's available to anybody. Massively. Nobody's excluded. Massively. Mindset is everything. You know, when I'm challenged by my health, which I am regularly, I've got psoriasis, which is a skin condition, and I've had osteoarthritis issues in many areas of my joints because of inflammation and things brought on by what we call autoimmunity. Mm. 
And um, it's been a real challenge, my health. I eat a, a pretty radical diet and I have a pretty monk-like lifestyle, which does actually suit me, yep. not only on a health front, but actually in my life anyway, because I want to enjoy my surfing. It's a massive challenge. And when it is really, really challenging me, which I'd say is every week um, in some way, shape or form, the challenge is the challenge. But what's really challenging me is my fucking thoughts. Because things just are, I am, let's say, a little bit dizzy. Because I get this vertigo thing sometimes and I'm trying to work on it. Or I get a little bit brain foggy or my knee starts to hurt or whatever, some issue. And the issue is the issue, but it's when I start to overthink it and overthink it and wish it would go away and overthink it, that th- th- it becomes something far more than what it is. And how this relates to surfing is you're going to have times when you're in the ocean where you're not in the flow. You're um, in fear because it's too gnarly or you're getting bored because it's too underwhelming and, and small and not not working. And the key to getting back into that bit in the middle where we all want to be in life in general is spotting when you're not in the middle. And that's mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Mindfulness isn't becoming more spiritual and reading the right books and going to temples and, you know, meditation classes and dot, dot, dot. Although, of course, that's all lovely if that's what you want to do. Becoming more mindful is spotting when you've not been mindful. That is mindfulness because we all do it. Everyone goes into autopilot mode all the time, every single day. And until you can spot that you're doing that, then you can't unravel how illusionary the mind is. And allow yourself to grow because you're capable of so much. And we all are. Completely. Shall we... Dude, let's do this. Let's do this. So we now have Insta-celebrity. Oh, yeah. yeah. 10,000's got to be (laughs) Insta-celebrity. Self-confessed surf geek, motorbiker, and just all round good guy, board reviewer. As I said, we're going to have loads of different people on this show. But here's Sasha. We'll talk about the other guests as a wrap-up and hope you enjoy the chat. I mean, what I would like to know, actually, before Will starts on the questions is, how did you get to a point where you were sort of decided to present the videos that you present or the reviews that you... I mean, was there something that you felt was missing in that respect from the surfing world? Yeah, so that came about when Surf Snowdonia opened in Wales. Yeah. And um, I was started to go up there and they had photos, you know, mm. people were taking photos. It was actually the same company now that works at the Wave in Bristol, okay. Image Cabin. They do yes. a great job. And I talk about them a lot because um, they single-handedly have improved my, well, together with the Wave and Surf Snowdonia have improved my surfing, I think, 40, 50% in the last three or four years. But wow. I was depressed when I got the photos. So I've been surfing for a while. You know, I've been surfing since I was 19. Mm. I started surfing at 19. I'm 46 now, so I was about 42 when uh, Surf Snowdonia opened. You're looking very good and for 46. I'll take that. I'll smoking. Take that next year. <laughs> You're looking smoking. smoking really good, man, for 46, I tell you. You get the money in the, in the posters in the, in the check. The <laughs> all right, all right. Fair enough. This is the um, foster charm, this the foster chat up. Hey, I'm yeah, just yeah, yeah, honest. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know, at my age, I'll take whatever I get. And my yeah. preference is, is, is straight women. But I'll yeah. do it right now at 46. You can't, you can't be choosy. <laughs> I hear you, brother. So, I, I'm 44 so, as well. So I feel your no pain. No way. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. How do you, uh, Will? 36. I've probably, I've probably looked at my 40s, I, but... <laughs> no, no, no. I thought you were both mid-30s. So that's very Hey, good. dude. Yeah. That's this. all the mindfulness. That's all the get, mindfulness. We're going to get Sasha around more often. It's, it's a combination of mindfulness and Instagram filters. <laughs> yeah, that's, it. That's, it. that's it. Sorry, go on, dude. Yeah, sorry. Um, I had photos. They were taking photos. I saw the photos of myself surfing the wave, and I was depressed. I was actually a bit depressed because I was at least 
30, 40% worse than I thought I was. I was like, oh my goodness, you know, I thought I could ride waves and I was enjoying my surfing. So that doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter how you look, but I really wanted to progress and I don't think everyone does. And that's fine. You don't, if you don't want to progress, you know, that's great. You should just enjoy it and just enjoy the ocean. A lot of us do want to progress as well. Yeah. And so for those of us that do want to progress, not to a professional standard, just yeah. to basically get better at what we're doing, whatever level we are to improve on our level. That was a, a big thing for me to then see that I was a lot, uh, I looked a lot less fluid and fluent than I mm. thought I did. So what I then realized at the same time was I can really learn here, partly because the waves are constant, but just as much the photos. Ah. So I could see what I'm doing. You know, I bought a lot of photos, but also I looked at a lot. So you can look at them. You know, I do encourage you guys to, everyone goes there to buy some because it keeps their little business alive. But also you can see the whole sequence of your photos. And not only that, you can see everyone else's yeah. surfing. So you can see what they've done on the same kind of wave. That learning was exponential, like absolutely exponential. Wow. So that's really where I then started to think, well, this would be really useful. I would have loved to have seen something like this. Mm. And I know that when you teach someone something you learn more yourself so i thought mm. well look if i sort of do a, a little video about a bottom turn or a this or that or a board then i think i'm going to learn more and, and so i did a few okay. youtube videos and uh, they were at surf snowdonia on a few different boards that i had and that they had and they went down really well but you know i'm a bit lazy with youtube you know you've got to do a lot of stuff and mm. it needs to be all mm. you know and then instagram kind of came along i know it was around already when i was doing it but i wasn't really you know onto it and everything's just so instant you know it's just yeah. so quick and so easy and i thought oh this is more for me because you know i love it and geek out doing it but it mm. doesn't take precedence over my surfing mm. so i don't want to be spending hours doing something so all the video and uh, footage that i get on there has to be able to be done on my iMovies on my iphone that's it got it if i can't do it on that i'm not doing it yes yeah. so i could make it probably more professional and the joy would come out of it so obviously i use a gopro i get some people to film me sometimes when i can mm -hmm. but then that all gets made on an iMovie on my iphone and up it goes very quickly mm. it's very instant it's very current mm. in terms of when i've actually done it it's very quick after the, the event and that's how i i started really and has that given you, because you know, fascinating with regard to filming yourself or taking photos, because I had the similar experience both from a, uh, my wife took some pictures of me on, on the beach. I wasn't surfing with Will a couple of years ago. And I thought I'd taken some really great sort of waves that was sort of looking pretty good. And it wasn't bad, but it certainly wasn't where I was uh, in my head surfing. And exactly like you've explained, Sasha, is that you kind of have this, doesn't matter where you are, but to have a growth mindset. Or at least try things to kind of progress i think you do need to see yourself and we talk a lot about wanting to go and try the wave and have the images and have a look at what we're doing and the repetition that comes and the practice that comes from being in that sort of consistent the same it's the same canvas over and over again but also having will alongside has been really great for me to for somebody else also to say you know you were too late to try that cutback or you could have done that has been really helpful is anybody helping you because you know instagram buzz as observers it seems like you've met some great surfers along the way 
Yes, that's a really good question. So I'm a very open person. Yeah. I like to ask advice from lots of people. I don't always yeah. take everything. Obviously, that would be crazy to take every bit of advice you get given. Mm. But I like to ask. Whenever I meet someone, you know, I'll ask them about what, you know, what do you do? Or what should I, do you think I should do? And mm. I asked mm. a lot of the lifeguards that were there at Surf Snowdonia and now at the Wave in Bristol, mm. you know, hey, what am I doing wrong here? And mm. could you have a look at this? And got some amazing tips. You know, they see a lot of people and they can see you surfing and they can just see what you're doing either wrong or what you could just improve on. And I, I mm. see it now a lot. It's interesting, especially at Surf Snowdonia, I found it's a kind of a really weird, tricky takeoff. It's different okay. than a real wave to take it. Once you're on it, it's, it's pretty much the same as a real wave. And I saw a lot of good surfers that I could tell were better than me that were not doing it and not right. getting it and getting yeah. very frustrated. You know, sometimes I would offer advice and I could see exactly what they were doing wrong because I'd, I'd done it wrong many yeah. times. I wouldn't even say most of the time. I'd say 50% of the time they were like, oh, thank you very much. And 50% they were not happy and did not yeah. want to listen. Mm. Yeah. So that's very interesting. And I've spoken to the lifeguards about that as well. And they say the same thing happens to them, even as lifeguards. Yes. You know, people are quite protective about advice and input and their surfing. So it, it's a tricky one, you know, but it's mm. quite frust not frustrating. I feel gutted for someone who's missing waves and then they yeah. get even more, you know, they've paid for an hour. Yeah. For surfers and having put yourself out there with a sort of surf account and really sort of living a passion and living it authentically is the duality sometimes of that and what I guess who knows what the real world is and what the non-real world is. But it's that places like work where either colleagues or people who work for you don't understand uh, surfing. And for me, for many years, I sort of told people who were interested about it, but it was a little bit like a, there was a sort of a disconnect sometimes because it seemed from non-surfers to be a frivolity around surfing. So it, mm. it, it, before the family and, and as, as I tried to sort of run a business, it's almost that not coming out as a surfer, but saying you can be functioning member of society and have a hard job and work, but you're also a surfer. Does that ever factor in when you, you're in sort of, you know, you've got a surfing social account, you, you, presumably you you know, you have a day job as well, Sasha. Yeah, that's a really good question. And actually, I don't think I've come to terms with that properly yet because I do probably not hide it. I don't talk about it because, mm. because uh, the thing is, the other thing is that, you know, with Instagram, even with people, you know, so I had another Instagram account as well. I, I literally, I, I still open, but I don't post on it because it just takes too much time because I've yeah. got the surfing thing, but it's yes. a motorbike account. I love motorbikes. Yeah. You know, even with the people that know you, you know, I had a friend come around, uh, one of my wife's friends, and she said, oh my goodness, you've been everywhere on your motorbike recently. And I was going, it's Instagram. It doesn't mean that I did five different trips on five different days, yeah. you know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And people, so really people do whenever, even though they know that it's not necessarily that day. And a, a lot of my surfing is very recent. I mean, obviously, yeah. if I get a board to review, I'll review it yeah. quite quickly. I'm not going to yeah. keep it for 12 months. Yeah. You know, not every picture was taken that day. Yeah, work find that, uh, I think work in general, not my work, but yeah. just in mm. general, I think people find that a bit hard to, they just think you're on holiday all the time or riding yeah. a motorbike all the time or yeah. whatever it is. And of course, mm. that's not the case. It's, yeah. it, you know, you post it when you want to post it, don't you? Yeah. And there's this sort of view from put me so far outside my comfort zone with people who I know from a work perspective, even business advisors or, you know, serious people. They almost sometimes they say, oh, I'm, a surf, I'm, I'm, surf, I'm doing a surf podcast. They look at me as if I'm having some sort of breakdown. You know, yeah, it's, um, it's true. I haven't come to terms with it. Maybe uh, I should. This is what really annoys me, actually, with the British culture oh, in terms of work. Mm, you can mm. go to a conference, right? You can go to a conference. And I've been to conferences and I've taken a board in the car, yeah. right? And I've snuck out early and I've come back and yeah. I haven't told anyone. This is when I was working for large companies. I, yeah. I now am my own business with a yeah. few business partners. So it's, yeah. it's different, small. Yeah. 
And if you got caught doing that, they mm. would be pissed off. Whereas you yeah. can drink so heavily with exactly. everyone else yeah, yeah, yeah. and actually literally not be that useful the next day. And that's yeah. totally accepted. I, don't, I, think that's, I think that's mental. But, it is. Yeah, that's that the is crazy, dude. I could not agree more with that, having, having seen and witnessed that over, a, you, know, you know, and I like a beer, it's nice to have a beer, but there's yeah, an Yeah, I think it's people having a beer, but, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, Sasha, on that true. on that nutrition front, talking of beer, is there anything you're working on with your body, with your f- fitness, uh, health in that way that's helping you surfing? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm lucky because I find it really annoying when someone says, oh, you know, I just run 20 miles a day. Mm-hmm. And it's probably because they just naturally enjoy and are very adapted to running 20 miles a day or whatever mm-hmm. it is that they talk about. I'm very careful when I talk about healthy food because I know that I'm lucky because I just like healthy food. I don't like mm-hmm. unhealthy food. Mm-hmm. I don't like chips. I don't like potatoes. I like salads and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I do have a sweet tooth. So mm-hmm. that's my uh, downfall uh, in terms of, of, of that. So, however, I do eat healthily. I do have osteoarthritis. I was diagnosed a few years ago and apparently a vegan diet is good for that. I'm not vegan, but I'm probably 90% vegan. Okay, um, cool. And it's not because for any other reason other than, you know, if I have a steak, my joints literally, I mean, my ankle feels like I've hurt my ankle. You That's know? really so, interesting. I've got that in my back. Really? Yeah. Do you? Osteoarthritis. Yeah. Yeah. I found that's massively, massively helped. So, so mm. I do eat fish, so I'm not vegan at all. I don't eat dairy products and I don't eat any meat other mm. than fish. How have you so found that with, with other people, Sasha? Has, has anyone um, been either interested in, in that diet you followed or, or judged you for changing things up? No, other than uh, there's more vegans these days and, yeah. and a lot mm. of it confused as to whether I'm trying to be a vegan, which I'm not. And I, I think it's great to be a vegan for whatever reason, whether it's yeah. for your health or whether it's for animals. But for me, it's not for any of those reasons. Yeah. It's just for, for my health rather than anything else. I also do intermittent fasting which i do all the time and that's a really it's a, it's a really crap name for it but basically all it means is i don't eat before 10 yeah. and i don't eat after six and for someone who's 46 i think it works brilliantly i was always thought oh you need a a proper breakfast mm. and stuff like that but for me i feel i'm less bloated i think it works absolutely brilliantly so that works for me i do if i'm going surfing at six in the morning i will i'm not i'm not i'm not like anal about it i will have uh, uh, something to eat before mm. a, a big surf session so it's mm. not that but in general you know i eat between 10 and 6 and that makes a big difference i, I don't even really understand the science about it but it basically the way the sugars break down mm. you need a certain kind of period of non-eating and i find that especially with bloating and stuff like that mm. that really works so i do that i started it as a and i never really believed in it i hate the name um in terms of it sounds like proper fasting and it sounds like all very i don't know full on i'm sure it can be full on but for me now that's a thing that just works for me that's really cool dude we won't keep you too much longer i wanted to just sort of finish on the other thing boards that you are right because will's a huge fan of kit i'm on the sort of journey of trying different boards i'm now on a tomo evo which i know you gave great reviews mm-hmm. about and yes. it's, it's been superb you know only in the last what three weeks i've really been riding it properly but uh, I feel like a different surfer already on it. And I've got a long way to go, but it's a wonderful board. Is that, would that sort of fall into your favorite category or are there, are there others that you would sort of recommend? I think it's one of the, and it, my most recent post is yeah. just a, an older picture of me surfing the Eva and going, yes. you know, I forget how fun this board is. It's, yeah. it's amazing. 
I am lucky to be trying lots of different boards. Yeah. So, you know, you do go through different phases and you, you go through, oh, wow, this is amazing. And then this mm. is amazing. And, and not, this is not so good or yeah. whatever it is. And it's been really, I think there are times where really it's really beneficial to try lots of different things. And yeah. there are times where that's not very beneficial for your surfing as yeah. well depends on on the journey that you're in i think you need to be a certain level to start you know mixing it up with lots mm -hmm. of different equipment mm -hmm. but yeah the evo is absolutely fantastic and the reason the evo is is fantastic is that it's got a combination thing so it's extremely easy to surf mm. it's extremely fast if you stand up on an evo mm. it will go faster than any other mm. non tomo board mm. that you surf without doing anything mm. without pumping or little mm. ankle movements mm. or nuances of where you put yourself in the wave mm. on its own it will go faster than, than a regular yes, board yeah. then if you start to also apply some technique and pumping mm. you get it even faster mm. so uh, the evo is great i've recently been surfing the hydra short the tomo hydra short mm -hmm. which is an incredible board I, I never actually thought much about it i the shape was kind of a bit weird it was it was not like a standard shortboard but it mm. wasn't like a total tomo board so it was something mm. like in it's kind of quite bland mm. kind of has a torpedo nose which not it's not too pointy mm. Mm -hmm. but not but also not un, totally unusual and the same on the, on, on the back and uh well it's a, sort of a, a soft square at the back soft squash that still has the tomo channels and the thing is of tomo thomas designed this uh, sort of a modern planing hull technology mm, mm. and it's secret and the way he, that he does it he measures it for each board in the different places mm. so you still get that tomo effect mm. so whatever tomo board you're riding you are going to get that instant speed they, they all ride differently but mm. you will get that speed and of course the, the thing is with speed it's just easier to do anything yeah it makes everything easier to do whether whatever mm. maneuver you're doing it's mm. easier yeah, that's an incredible board, the Hydra Shorts. Mm. What I've recently fallen in love with is mid-length boards. Mm. And actually, it's a terrible name. People get confused by the word mid-length yes. because they just think it's a, a size thing. Yeah. And, you know, I have a 6'6 mid-length and yeah. I've got someone that I know that surfs a 6'8 shortboard. Yes. And it's completely confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good length, yeah. yeah. It's completely confusing. But basically, a mid-length, for, for those listening that maybe aren't sure, well, yeah. the way I would describe it is that it's, um, I mean, it's generally not very short, so it's generally mm. a, a slightly longer size, but it's something that is a board that perhaps gives you a bit more volume and size, but has a lot of performance mm. in it as well. So it has a lot more performance than a minimal. Mm. With that, you can really style it out. Mm. You can mm. ride tubes, you mm. can, you know, take steep drops and it's absolutely, you know, joyous. So the form flow stick. So I'm a massive fan of the form boards. Alan Stokes designs them. Yeah, mm -hmm. we've been looking at uh, those. Yeah. yeah, so you, you get them from board shop. That's yeah. the, it's the only place you can. Yeah. So that's, yeah. what, that's what I mean by that. They're only sold there, but I've got an adapt from them. Yes. I've got a form flow stick and it is absolutely a fantastic board that you can take mm. in any condition but it's mm. also so so easy to ride and you've got mm. that extra volume nice. so mm. my volume is generally for a short board 34 33 liters mm -hmm. and that's 44 45 so it's 10 okay. liters more yeah than i could do but you know you can you can, it's still as critical as the not not in critical as in the turns are not as critical mm. but you can turn it but you can take it in critical waves right. nice. um and then what my most recent board is the blackboard. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, like I saw it. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Lovely, lovely. Tim's, amazing. Tim Stafford's surfboards is a, a shaper in like 
like an independent shape in Widmouth viewed. Mm. That's an, an asymmetrical board. It's seven mm. foot. It's five fins. It's mm. got. Me- it's a mental setup, yeah. and it just is stupendous it's so fast that it's lovely at the wave but really it wants big waves for it and i had Mm. had the opportunity to to surf it in big waves well i say big waves you know good size waves i'm not not talking about you know nazare i'm talking about you know a good well overhead open face uh, Mm -hmm. in the ocean and um, i have never fallen off going that fast before i thought i'd hurt my shoulder just by yeah. falling into the way wow no the, the speed is incredible with the board and what's really interesting about that board is it's super heavy yeah um and that he- and you don't feel it in the water yeah. it just wow. gives you speed and it yeah. just i think that a lot of the modern boards they're almost too light yeah um, yeah you know yeah. it's like sort of surfing a feather yeah if you're in england and there's a bit of wind yeah you know oh, you totally to- do You've got to, you know, consider that. Yeah. Bit of so charm and stuff. It's yeah, that, it's an amazing. Yeah, it sort of reminds me of that sort of John Player special racing car of old. You know, that sort of when that black yeah. car with yeah. it's that kind of real presence to it. And I love the look of that. So, will we see you at the wave at any point soon, Sasha? It would be great having chatted to have a coffee and a surf even a wave pool wave with you. That'd be great. Let's set it up. Actually, yeah. that'd be great. Well, let's go down there, have a session, and have a have a have a coffee. Yeah, be really nice. So we'd, yeah, we'd love to see it the wave. I'd love to just learn from your yeah. mindset. Apart from anything, you have such a wonderful mindset, mate. Just keep bringing that to the world. It's um, definitely what this world well, needs. Well, th- th- thank you for being a mindful surfer. And you know, personally, sort of at a time when I was just trying to sort of get back into it, you know, put you and Ben Gravy in the same sort of bracket there for for my kind of reference points of just go for it and and don't uh, don't don't hold back. Thanks, guys. And just a quick mention out. I don't know if you can pop this in, but yeah. um, mm. I've just got involved with the Wave Project, which is yes, an yeah, amazing we'll... charity. Yes, and I just wanted to, to make people aware of it. If you haven't already talked about it, maybe you've already talked about it. But no, no, um, basically what they do is they give surfing sessions. I wouldn't say they're lessons. They're kind of lessons, but they're more sessions for disadvantaged children or children going through difficult situations and uh, you can become a volunteer they they need more volunteers and and covid's messed this whole summer up they've got six sessions now happening at the wave which which i'm going to be going to but you know they won't be doing anything over the winter it's too much for kids that aren't used to surfing you know get involved now or donate or if you want to get involved as a volunteer to be ready for next summer you basically are one-on-one with one of the the kids and you sort of holding their board and getting them out into the waves and then pushing them into the waves Mm. and it's such a joyous thing we all know what we get from Mm -hmm. the surf and those kids will get exactly the same same thing as we do i couldn't agree more i had had exactly that same conversation with somebody actually the person that was sort of commenting on will surfing earlier uh, works with the Wave Project, does a lot around sort of mental health and reparative benefits of the sea, if, I can, if that's a word, but the restoration that that brings to people. And I think the Wave Project are doing amazing things. So uh, yeah, well done for getting involved in that as well. And we will give them a mention. We'll put all the links in the show notes as well for anybody that's listening and, and doesn't know them. And uh, yeah, if anybody else could donate, and that would be fantastic because mm. they do a lot, of, a, a lot of good for people who need it a lot more than, than we do. So, and finally, uh, Tasha, as well, just where is it people can find you, dude? What's your, what are your socials that you want to share, perhaps? Yeah, I only have one, which is the Instagram. Uh, everything yep. is done on there, and it's called at Zero Ego Board Reviews, and yep. zero is in the number Z E R O. If you just put zero ego, it'll come up. So, if you're a pro surfer with a six pack and you can do airs, you probably won't bother. 
yes. but if you're not that person, then you know, check it out. Yeah. Basically, yeah. basically, ninety nine percent surfers. But yeah, so pretty much everyone. Exactely. Yeah. Well, cheers, nice dude. one, dude. Cheers, dude. We'll, we'll be in touch. We'll sort of send you some notes and maybe record it before we put it out there. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at the Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. That was great. Yeah. Thank you, Sasha. Thank you, Sasha. Thank you, Zero Ego Board Reviews. Thank you, Zero Ego Board Reviews. Really good chat. He's one of those guys who really just delivers his message. So clear, his voice just, yeah. there's your message. And yeah. doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, unlike myself perhaps, yeah. doesn't have to use extra words yes. to try and get that across. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. I mean, for me, I, as I said at the end, is that, you know, when I started sort of coming back to the ocean, you know, I spent lots of time in it, the 20 years we talk about. But in terms of like surf journey, let's call it, you know, uh, adventures of a 40-year-old grom or whatever we're going to say is that, you know, people like Ben Gravy gets a lot of mentions from us and he really f- stokes some of the fires. And then when I start looking at, you know, who else is doing stuff that is just uh, a, a guy trying to surf, just a bloke trying to do things and be honest about the boards he rides, how he rides them, where he rides them and all that sort of thing. And so it was really nice to have a chat with him because, you know, social, we're sort of new to Instagram as well in a way, but I'd seen some of his stuff previously when I first sought out Ben years ago on YouTube, the, the Surf Snowdonia stuff that he did. Interesting what we saying about asking for and giving advice though, talking of a growth mindset, you know, where he's very much saying he's happy to receive that. That's how he's learning as we said at the beginning, and of our generation, mm-hmm. uh, Sasha and I, we didn't have the ability to, or it's ability, we didn't have the materials available, mm. YouTube, uh, Instagram, uh, online courses that would help people with a avid growth mindset progress, particularly in surf. I'm talking almost really, really in the surfing world. T- totally. You know, watching somebody do a repetitive cutback, mm-hmm. surf skate tutorials. They're so accessible, like growth material now, that... It's, you know, you should never wish what, you know, I wish we had that back then. It would have been brilliant, but we have it now. So mm-hmm. let's take advantage of it, whatever stage or level you're at. It's really cool. And on the advice bit, it's interesting because I definitely in my 20s gave out advice when someone hadn't asked for it. And looking back in hindsight, it mostly caused a negative result as opposed to a positive. I today don't. <laughs> and, uh, unless hey, now, now listen now listen now listen now there's someone on the end of this microphone who's being a dick right now because quite frankly all the help are oh, mate listen all the fucking help i've given no, no. Yeah. it's this thing where we when we discussed this in the last show we have a level of report yeah that allows this aspect and it's happened like a pseudo level pseudo coach is that over time i was just noticing that you are so open to and want to get better and are so humble that it became an automatic thing that we just Oh, how about you do this? And, and you would go, oh, cool. And because the thing is, if at the beginning I'd started speaking about, you know, how about trying this or trying that? And you'd have just shut down, which by the way, you have done a few times because we've been in bigger waves. And Usually I, when you're saying, go, go, I, I go, know, go. I, I know. On, the wave is on. growing. And I'm like, I've now, I now know that Will is saying like, if there's a real three or four, go, go, go. That's the wave to not go for. And I, and I, and I will leave those oh, ones. There. That's fucking epic. That is really, really made me smile. That is actually a really good way of knowing. Like, do not go if yeah. I start screaming, go, 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 go. Because <laughs> that's the kind of wave I want to go for. That's that's the beast. That's the you know, the dredging on the sand, you know, two feet deep, like 12 feet overhead, whatever. 
But, you know, overall, it's been that you've been open to it and you've allowed it to happen. And clearly, if you weren't, then I'd be able to read that. Most of the time, I mean, nine times out of ten, I'm not in that space where I'd, you know, I'd say things to, to people out of turn um, unless there was an opening and really good rapport. I think once you build rapport with people, it's obviously yeah. different, right? So it's an interesting one on Sastra on that one. It's not to, to say that I think he's wrong. I just want to give my view on it because you'll be in your life listening to this and you'll have had advice from people before where you haven't necessarily asked for it and not necessarily haven't asked for it, but also haven't necessarily wanted it. Because I'll be the first to admit that when I've had advice given to me that had a grain of truth in it, that is when I got more defensive. And what's really interesting with being defensive in life is you are immediately showing that the very thing that that person has said has actually got a grain of truth in it. Otherwise, why the fuck would you defend yourself? So it's a very, very, very humbling thing getting given advice because a lot of people do do it. I'm not a big fan of it. And I I do wish people wouldn't just give you their opinion because it's it's certainly on things like politics and Christ knows what else should or shouldn't happen in the world and blah, 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 because I just rather talk about other things. But when it does happen, take a deep breath and just accept that and love that person as the way that they are and the way they're being. And I think that's cool. Completely. Which Liam has to do with me. I have to do it so (laughs) many times. (laughs) There's a question I asked as well. I believe there's another show in this, and and so we kind of touch on it. There's an episode attached to this. And it's something that uh, William Finnegan talked about as well in his book, Barbarian Days, which everybody knows by now I'm a big fan of, and I like the way he crafts the words around it. And because he was a serious political journalist, he sometimes felt that he hid a little bit of his surf life because there's a sense from the wider public that there's a frivolity and a, and a kind of carelessness and a sort of dropout sort of vibe about people who surf. And I asked Sasha that question because I feel the same, you know. How do our audience feel if they are holding down jobs or serious jobs, whatever that means, with the duality of that life and the surf life? Because it's such a niche sometimes surfing and there's such a sort of preconception of ideas around it that it's hard to wear both of those hats, you know. Very, very true. You know, you're a, this labeling thing as well. Even, even the labeling of I'm a surfer. So what, what, that, what, what the hell does that mean? People really become their jobs or their, their, their career. So how do they square the two of those things? And we shouldn't. Like, we should be able to express. You could be the CEO of deeply conservative bank, whatever that looks like. Never been one of those. Don't think I'd ever want to be. But that doesn't mean that you can't also be an artist or a dancer or who cares? Put whatever you want in there and be proud of that. Mm. Don't have to hide that. And I think maybe the less we hid those things that are fun, playful, frivolous, the better the world would be. We wouldn't be so serious. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some surfers who wear the surfing thing as seriously as a CEO of a bank would wear his, because it's all about identity, ego, label, blah, blah, blah. And so if we just injected fun, playfulness into things, maybe we could get through this world with a bit more of a smile on our face, collective faces. Totally. I could be the first to admit that my ego creates a separateness, separateness, should I say, between me as the superior and someone else in the water as the inferior. Or, other way around, me as the inferior, looking up to someone who's quote-unquote superior. Ego is in that with people, particularly in areas where we're all doing roughly the same thing, for example. So if you're a writer, like, I don't know, Stephen King, for example, whether you know it or not, you would look at someone who's got just a couple of followers and just starting out as inferior. But it's only until you become conscious. Here's me calling out Stephen King. He's probably going to write into the show like, who the fuck are you saying? He is a big listener to the show. Oh, well, there you go. You see this on number one fan. But I do it in the surf. And all it does is make me feel de-energized. I'm more likely to get a little bit pissed and angry if people are getting in the way. And I'm not focused. I'm not in the flow. 
And it's one of the classic things that surfers will do. They hold this label of, okay, well, I'm on a shortboard. I know I can do a 12 o'clock turn and I know I get barreled and I know I've put in 15, 20 years of this and I've got blonde hair and I shred and, and I live a, an organic and grounded life at, down in the Southwest or of wherever where I've made my life about this, this, this. And who's this person coming along with their brand new board who can't fucking surf and all that stuff. Ego is very clever because it builds up all the reasons why you could be a bit shitty with someone and a bit shirty and a bit separate from them, etc. At the end of the day, we are all the fucking same. It's very, very humbling that. And we have the same goal too. Because when someone's getting in the way in the surf, I have to check myself and go, fuck man, they have the exact same goal as you. So pull your thumb out your ass and get back into the focus of the flow of this moment. We're all humans. That's yeah. it. That's the only thing we are. And they're not doing it deliberately often. But the ego goes, it's a bit like the traffic thing. You know, why get shitty in traffic? It's not, it's just a thing. It's the ego. That person shouldn't do that to me. This is me. Well, the universe doesn't give a shit who you are. Because <laughs> the world doesn't That's care. True. The ocean doesn't give a shit. Whether you're on a whatever, beginner board or you're a beginner surfer or you're a ripper, the ocean does not make that separation between, guess what, you and that other person. It just doesn't do it because it just is. And it's when you might get a top pro, pass away in fairly benign conditions. Yeah. Things like stories that come out and you go, whoa, someone who was that technically gifted and, and strong at what they did and everything. And then just gives you that humbling insight to God, geez, we're all, it's a dangerous, we're place. all out there. We're all in nature. We're all human. The, um, the bit I want to mention, there's lots of bits that were great about the interview. There's one bit Sasha mentioned about being vegan and going vegan because it helped his body and his health. And it's really cool to hear someone taking action with their health and getting results. And that's what it's really all about. There are so much. Well, there are so many, should I say, opinions out there in the world about what we should and shouldn't eat. It can become absolutely paralyzing. There's a great great quote, which is, it's paralysis by analysis. You know, you go on YouTube and you just enter something like, what is the healthiest diet in the world for athletes? Let's say, because you are a, an amateur athlete, listen to this, or even a pro, you might be a semi-professional surfer. So you're an athlete, you need fuel, you need to perform and you need energy. And you can type that in. And you could keep scrolling for about a year until you get to the end of the amount of videos that you could stumble upon. And one would say, eat meat, eat your greens, keep it low carb, keep it keto, get your protein, get this, 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 da, 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 get your enzymes. Blah, blah. And then you get to the next one that says, eat tons of veg, eat loads of beans, keep it low fat, make sure you get loads of carbs, you need carbs for energy. And the thing is, there's no right answer. There is no right answer. It's a bit like the parable of the um, elephant who had six blind men. You know this poem? You heard this one? The carry on. Daren't try and repeat the poem. It's a wonderfully eloquent poem. But yeah. the basic premise, this Indian parable, was uh, that these six blind men went over to the elephant and one pulled on the trunk and went, oh, well, this is a tree, obviously. And then the next went, no, 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 no. And flapped the ears and went, no, it's a it's a piece of leather or something or a leaf or I think it was what it was. And then the one who went to the tail thought it was a rope. And as the story goes on, the point is none of them were right. This is the case of diet. There isn't a diet out there that is the best one. That is an absolute fallacy. And if someone was to even sit on this podcast one day and tell me there was one, well, they're denying the truth of the microbiome. Now, the microbiome is what really dictates how well we digest something, absorb, assimilate nutrients. They are discovering new bacteria every single day. And they believe that they are never in the lifetime of humans going to discover all of the bacteria that are in the human guts. So you're telling me that with that level of diversity, we're talking trillions of bacteria, that with that level of diversity, that is the thing that helps break down those foods, that you're telling me that everyone should be eating the same diet. That is absolute bollocks. So it's this thing where 
If you have an issue, if you have a niggling knee, if your back's hurting all the time, if your brain's foggy or whatever, you're getting health conditions, skin stuff, whatever, and you're doing the same thing over and over, and you're eating the same diet over and over and over, well, it's like Einstein said, the true definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah. And it's how it feels to you. By all means, get tailored assessments for your own needs at that time, and then take the advice as you, as you want to. Uh, but how does it feel once you're doing those things? It brings back in all those themes of comparison, doesn't it? Social media, because there's so much on social about what you should and shouldn't eat and what's best for this and what's best for this. And some of it has validity and this sort of is rooted in science. But like anything, if you're comparing your life to those things and you're not doing them all the time, you're just going to be unhappy. Uh, so it's taking that comparison, well, I should be on this particular diet. So I think he's done a great thing there that he's doing something for himself because it feels good and it helps his surf life and that's what we're always talking about fucking awesome dude and then at the end of the day so much of it if not most of it is placebo yeah if you believe that what you're doing is going to make a change it probably will yeah and this has been researched for years and years and years and years and it's just fascinating that you can take two pills that are totally different and get the same result and that that will go that placebo factor will go on forever and ever and ever and i think i truly believe that it's probably the most it's totally my opinion and it's not rooted in science whatsoever, but I really truly believe that it's that factor that is the key to making a change. If you make some sort of change and you believe that it will help because yeah. you believe in what someone said, let's say some sort of author or, or teacher of some kind, and you take on board that message and you, you buy into it, bang, there'll be some kind of positive result. Manifestation by accident. Anything else you want to share on, dude, on the interview? Just one last thing, and we just a quick sort of rewind to the week before uh, where Sasha talked about being a bit deflated. Once he'd seen himself on video, he sort of realized he was a sort of, you know, 40, 50%, maybe even more, less of a surfer than he thought he was. But as we said, you know, if you want to make technical improvements, you need to do that. Sporting video analysis, uh, you know, if you're on that growth and you want to sort of get more technical. But if it feels good, it is good to you doesn't matter how it looks to you or other people. If you feel that flow, if you feel that depth of connection with the wave and the ocean and you, f- you come out of it feeling energized and amazing, then that's all that really, really matters. So it was really interesting to get his take on that as a follow-up to last, last week as well. It's wicked, but no, good so, so, so true. And more coming up because, as know. I say, there's not a guest show. So um, thank you to Sasha again. Curvy Girl, uh, Elizabeth Sneed, we're talking to this week. And we've also got... Tom Hewitt. Tom Hewitt. Surfers Liam looked at me and I went, Surfers, not ba- street children who... Surfers, not street children. Bit of a hero for the work he's done with, yeah. with those guys. And, yeah, legend. And, so, and sort of real local legend as well. So we really look forward to those chats and bringing them to you and exploring the themes of like mind, body and stoke with everybody that we speak to. But send in ideas of people you would like us maybe to have a conversation with. We'd love to hear from you. And or any ideas you have for the show. But awesome. keep, keep supporting. Nice one, guys. See you soon. Bye-bye.